You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases with no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter. And honey, I am excited. My bags are packed and I am ready to go. I am heading to Sicily and I am so very excited. I will be going to Sicily, Tuscany, and Provence. And I'm actually going, I'm starting my trip off at the Belmond in Sicily, not the Four Seasons where White Lotus was filmed, but very close. And it's definitely one of my favorite conferences. It's the Engage Summit. And this is their Belmont Sicily experience. So I've never been to Sicily. I've been to a few different places in Italy and planned some weddings in Italy, and it's been lovely. But I've never experienced Sicily. Also, I'm a huge Belmont girl, um, so I'm always interested to see new hotels and that I love and how they take Sicily to the next level. Also, with these conferences, what's really cool is we get to pretend to be a guest. So they treat us to different experiences. So I want to see what Sicily is all about. They've got this Mount Etna moment. They've got us taking Jeeps out. I think they have us doing some winery stuff. So these conferences are really helpful because they let me see what we can do for guests and what makes a destination so special. So also the great thing about this conference is I get to experience new, how people celebrate in different parts of the world. And I also get to find new cool services. Like there's a, there's a service now that's meteorology for weddings. So like I can call on this person and they can help me identify if it's going to rain and like they'll track the weather. And, and I'm just really touching lightly on it, but they'll talk about maybe the wind. It's so like, there's so many cool services now in the wedding space. Like just hold on to your hats, kids, because things are going, we're going to the moon and back. So, <laughs> but this wedding conference, I'm really excited about because it's also a time to learn about new places to host events. And, you know, COVID really took some time out of our travel lives. So now we're getting to see hotels that have been renovated. They're, they're adding new experiences and new additions like, oh, you can now go truffle hunting and you can go into olive farms and, you know, they have little cute cars where you can drive around the streets and hot air balloons. So there's so many things and experiences that hotels are now adding that are enticing guests to come and experience their, their property. So I'm very excited to go check these out. I'm also excited to learn more about just kind of how to do a destination wedding economically. And I think that's something you guys all want to hear about too is a destination wedding. Yeah. Is it realistic? How do I do it? Some of my family members don't have passports. Like there's so much to consider when taking a lot of people to another country that you may not have been to or may not even speak the language. So I'm excited to introduce you guys to Sicily, to Tuscany and Provence. Um, over this next couple of weeks and excited to share some of the things that we're learning. So if you want to, no pressure, but follow along on Fallon Carter events. That's my Instagram. And you can see all of the fun things I'll be doing. And I'm hopeful I can find some vegan gluten-free food that'll, that'll really spark joy in me. But right now, I don't know. So thank you guys so much. Let's get into this week's episode. I'm so, so excited for you guys to meet Taylor and Anna. Anna is a lovely florist friend of mine. She's in Brooklyn and I love her work. Anna is just such a delight. Her voice is so soothing, like she could probably take my job, but ultimately she's got a beautiful eye, great floral selection, and she's just a joy to work with. So I'm excited to jump into this week's podcast. Let's get right to it. I want to introduce you to Taylor Sanders, an actual Betches Bride fan who is actively planning their wedding. It's my goal to help guide them through the process with practical tips and expert insights. Hey, Taylor, how are you? Hi, Valen. I'm fantastic. I'm so excited to be here today. We're excited to have you on. You're planning a wedding for this year. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank Tell you. Tell us a little bit more about your partner, darling. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, my fiance's name is Dan. Uh, we actually met in college in 2015. Um, our eight-year anniversary is actually tomorrow. Fun <gasps> fact. So very excited about that. Um, Dan is amazing. He is my definitely my soulmate in so many ways. Um, 
he actually did the Peace Corps. So I feel like a fun fact about our relationship, two years, like 2017 to 2019, he actually served in Peace Corps Panama. So we did long distance, which was a huge Mm. like point in our relationship. But it was amazing to be able to go visit him there. And the distance was really tough, but I feel like it it brought us closer together. And after Mm. that, we moved to Washington, D.C., moved in together and we've been living here since 2019, um, and I'm so excited to marry him. Yay! That's beautiful news. So you guys are in D.C. now, and you've decided yes. to plan a bash. Tell us more about what you got. Well, how did he propose? Oh, how, how okay. did How did yes. Dan do it? Dan, Dan do it? so <laughs> it was quite a theatrical proposal, I must say. Um, I'm a theater kid at heart, um, and so Dan actually proposed on stage at a theater in Syracuse, New York, in my hometown. Um, and I thought I I was working at the theater at the time. So I thought I was showing up to clean up after a show that we were having. And I walked in and he was standing on stage with the spotlight on him (gasps) alone. (laughs) And I knew immediately what was happening. Um, he recited a poem to me. Poetry is very important to us or a huge part of our relationship. So he recited a poem. It was so beautiful. It got down on one knee, asked the question And after I said yes, this huge thunderous applause erupted from the balcony seats in the theater. Uh, And it was all of our friends and family were there. They watched the proposal. I had no idea they were there because, you know, the lights were on us. It was pitch black. It was quiet in there. Um, And then we had like a huge party at the theater. It was amazing. Um, It was honestly the best day to date for me. So amazing proposal. And we got to follow it up with a bomb wedding. That is the Uh plan. Say less. And with that this whole the theater plan. component as your kind of your anchor there, I can yes. only imagine what you guys have planned. So tell us a little bit more about now what you're planning and how many bodies are we taking and where are we taking them to? For sure. So we are taking them to Rochester, New York. Um, Exciting so times. Let's yes. go. <laughs> so we are planning a bit of a destination for, for most of our guests. Um, so Dan is actually from Rochester. That's where him and I met. Uh, we went to college there. So we will be having our wedding there in downtown Rochester at the Arbor Loft. Um, it's like an okay. industrial city vibe, downtown venue. Um, we're looking at a, hopefully about 140 guests to be attending in November. So, All right. Talk to me a little bit more about the cultural components and what you and Dan are, where are you and Dan from in culture relations? Yes. Yeah. So we'll, we'll give, we'll give them that. So, um, I, um, I'm biracial. Yes. Give them some context. Um, I'm biracial. So I am black and white. Um, my fiance is actually first generation Laotian American. Uh, and so it's very important that we incorporate both of our cultures here. And I've always wanted a big white wedding. Um, and Dan, it's really important to him and to us that we incorporate his family's culture into our current wedding, our wedding plans. Okay. Um, so we're trying to have like a multicultural ceremony. Uh, we want to include some special traditions um, mm. from the Lao culture. Um, so there, one tradition is a string tying. It's called the Basi ceremony, uh, where a cotton string is actually tied around the wrists of the bride and groom. Um, this is, so the legend says, according to the legend, that marriages are predetermined in heaven, in these, uh, in the heavenly garden, in these intertwined tree limbs. And so the cotton string represents us as soulmates here on earth, finding Mm. each other and tying, tying those limbs back together. Um. And then there's also another ritual, which we love because it's toasting of alcohol. Um, (laughs) And the shot of alcohol is meant to symbolize um, acceptance between the husband and wife. And we both drink it. It's a sign of prosperity, happiness. Um, So we're thinking about taking a little shot, maybe a little tequila shot. Something like that. But we have a close friend who is Laotian who's going to be, you know, officiating the ceremony. So we have all these plans. We also want to do vows. We also have a processional or recessional, but we also only have 30 minutes. Oh, so. That's going to do. How are you going to do that? What's the what, what's that going to happen? We might. I don't know. We might have to pick and choose, but that that's like all the visions, and we got to figure out how how they can come together. So. Okay. So. Timeline wise, the officiant is there a proper officiant marrying you, or is like a friend of the family? What did you just say? Who's marrying it's a you? it's a friend of ours. Okay, yeah, and they have a ceremony kind of outlined and words to say and things to do. Not yet. Um, mm. 
I was hoping to get some insight from you today and then we could kind of go from there. Let's talk about that. All right, cool. Yeah. So first roadblock. Um, No, (laughs) it's for a ceremony. And I always suggest if you're having a friend do it, a lot of times, and you, you'll you probably understand this from a theater perspective, there is some theatrics that go into performing a ceremony. Absolutely. And you really want to understand, a, a, give them a good script. And there's tons of resources online, of course, that you can kind of pick and choose to, to mold from. But I think this is also a great time to lean into your families. And especially since you have, is it, so he's from Laos? Uh, his parents are, yep. And his he, parents are. Mm-hmm. So even working with them to say, what are some traditions or what's some wording specific to ceremonies in the Lao culture that is special for us to say? Are there certain words? Are there certain things that we should notify? And then work with your parents also to say, were there any special things that you guys said during, during your wedding that you think that you really love that we should maybe incorporate in ours? But ceremonies to me are something that are always kind of overlooked. And I think, I think it's beautiful that you guys are really trying to focus on making yours truly tie the both of you together, um, play yes, on words love there, it, love it. but using a real, you know, have a real script that really ties it together and let's practice it. So that way you understand time. And the reason I say that is sometimes they'll rush through it and they'll read it really, really fast. You'll get through everything and it's only been 15 minutes mm. and the rest of your caterer is like, we still need 15 more minutes. So right. <laughs> the food's not ready yet. Yeah. So I think there's a world in which you even if you don't want to hear it, have someone else in your family say, we're going to practice it with them, make sure it's all good to go so you guys have that surprise and delight. But work through all of those touch points of a processional is probably how long does it take people to walk down an aisle? Make sure you're taking it slow, maybe five, ten minutes. Ten minutes max. Five minutes is probably the most realistic. And to recess all of those things. So I would say really just focus on working with who's officiating your wedding and make sure they're breathing they're taking their time and really mm. letting it draw out so we get some some really fabulousness on the, the back end. A yeah. script will absolutely be written. <laughs> so is I think there are some words also that you're going to probably say in another language. Are you having a translator do that? So our friend who is officiating, she okay. speaks Lao as well as or English, of course. Okay. So we were kind of hoping we could have some things in, not necessarily mm. in both languages, but almost be able to kind of explain what like the Lao traditions are and then be able to explain them in both languages, if that makes sense. So okay. not necessarily doubling the ceremony in both languages with a translator, but kind of being able to bring everybody in so everybody knows mm. what's happening. Because, you know, Dan has some older family members that we want to make sure that they are able to follow along and understand what's happening in the ceremony. Um, which is, I think, why we were really excited to have her there um, so that she could do that. So, yeah, not again, not super sure how it's all working yet, but we got we got the ideas. That's a that's a beautiful value add, too. And I think that's just understanding which parts do you want to translate or give breath to to be spoken in Lao mm-hmm. and practicing that because that alone is going to eat up some of your time. So you may not have to have so so much if, especially if you guys are doing vows, identify how long do you want to read your vows for? Yeah. Um. So, and say, hey, hey, you know, Dan, it, it has to be more. He's the poet, it sounds like. So he'll be he fine. Is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he absolutely so like, is. Dan, is it going to be five pages or can you break it down to one? Like, so yeah. just I, let both of you gauge how long your vows should be, how many sentences, how many paragraphs is that? Okay. Um, but I think really work with your officiant to say, we have 30 minutes of time to fill how do we best do that and actually fill it um, so that people have a ceremony they can sink their teeth into and that will really lead to a full, beautiful marriage and even a fabulous reception. So I like that. Incredible. Oh, you're so exciting. Generation Tux understands that coordinating suit and tux looks for your wedding party can be overwhelming. That's why they make it easy, convenient, and stress-free with online suit and tux rentals that allow you to do everything online from the comfort of your own home. Generation Tux specializes in high-quality men's formal wear rentals, starting at $149. 
and award-winning five-star customer service. You can choose from 25 styles of suits and tuxedos and thousands of accessory color combinations. Test drive your wedding looks with a free home try-on and swatches for color matching your wedding hues. When you rent with Generation Tux, you'll experience a fully online platform with a guaranteed fit algorithm. They basically make coordinating your wedding party's rentals a breeze with groomsman management tools. Best of all, you and your wedding party will receive round-trip shipping with head-to-toe looks delivered 14 days in advance. And you can try Generation Tux for yourself by visiting GenerationTux.com. Build your head-to-toe looks, get free swatches, a free home try-on, and manage your entire wedding party online. That's G-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N-T-U-X.com. Whenever I'm working with a new couple, the first thing I tell them is, do not walk, run, make sure that your registry is with Zola, go do it now, period. But little did I know, Zola can help you plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. They're way more than a registry. So they've got free planning tools like a customizable checklist. You can do websites. You can find venues and vendor discovery. Like there's there's so many things that are accessible on Zola. So everything on Zola is designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible and with invites that are fun to create. And of course, my favorite, the wedding registry, packed with gifts you actually want. Zola can take you basically from save our date to thank you so much without even breaking a sweat. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go. Game changer. Zola makes wedding planning easy and stress-free. They're the first and only stop you need to make on your wedding planning journey. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Zola will give you expert guidance and unparalleled support. Their wedding pros are on call to walk couples from question to answer anytime. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Okay, another thing that you brought up there was prioritizing personal touches. Talk to me a little bit more about how you've been designing your wedding and some of the activities you've decided to take on yourself for this celebration. For sure. Um, <laughs> so when I say personal touches, one, I mean almost like entertainment, but also just okay. things that feel authentic to us. And then I, in my brain, there's also the I'm, – I'm, I'm kind of doing a little bit graphic design, so there's also mm. the design element of like – our fonts looking the same is we have a logo that we're kind of carrying throughout the wedding weekend um, and throughout things like cocktail napkins and all that. So I'm trying, I'm starting to get into the weeds with those personal (laughs) touches, but in terms of um, like entertainment and what's going to be around at the reception, uh, we have a poet that's coming. Um, Her Instagram is fully bloom shop. I uh, love her very much. Okay. Um, she does custom typewritten poems that can be given out as favors to guests. So mm-hmm. a guest can go up to her, chit chat with her for two to three minutes, and she'll ask you, you know, what do you want your poem written about? It can be about you, it could be about your relationship, it could be about your dog or your favorite movie, anything. Uh, and she'll typewrite a custom poem for you there, and that is going to act as a favor for the wedding. Um, I think initially we were trying to figure out something that was personal to us as a favor we could give. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we were called. So her name's Destiny. She actually came to our engagement party here in Washington, D.C. And so for all of our friends here, they were able to experience that. It was a very special day. And so we just thought, why not let all of our friends and family from all over who are coming to our wedding take part in that? And as I said, poetry is a big part of our, our love story. We have poems. I have poems all over this apartment that that Dan has written. Um, And so we're really excited for that. I think that's something really personal to us that that we hope our guests are excited for too. I think that's beautiful. How else have you guys tied in poetry? Like, because then I'm like, you could have written your wedding invitation as like a poem in a weird, cool way. What other ways are you tying in kind of those unique touches to you at this point? Yeah, for the wedding. Um, Yeah, and just in general, like what are the... mm -hmm. So you're saying you're bringing a graphic designer or you're the graphic designer and you're trying to tie in. Mm-hmm. So I think I want to get to what's your question on what's your question for yes. uh, for me? Yeah. Okay, yes, my question <laughs> for you. My question my question for you is with some of these personalizations, I feel like I, I, there's got to be somewhere where, you know, 
beautiful ends and tacky begins, right? There has to be a line. Um, So I have ideas swirling around in my head for cocktail stirs, cocktail napkins, Hmm. menu cards, like bar signage. And I I don't know where to begin, when, where that begins and where that should end. And Hmm. Yeah, where like what what is going to be impactful and like create a cohesive experience during the reception and what is just fluff that is not needed? Okay, great question. And the fact that you're thinking about it. Awesome. So I would say first, when you go to a wedding or how many weddings have you been to recently that you can remember? Like six, probably six. Okay. In the past in the past two years, like four to six. Yeah. Okay. And are there any that stand out to you? that had really great touch points or decor touch points that come to mind? Maybe one. Okay. What was, what was it so cool about that one? I think for that one, it was there. They did have a logo. That was one. I think that's where the logo idea came to mind. All right. And it was, it, it was, it was like on the bar sign. They had a big cloth bar sign, right? That was hanging over the bar. It was um, on the gift table. And then they had these cute little, um, those like edible drink tabs Mm -hmm. in the cut, in the custom cocktails. And I was like, wow. This is a cute wedding. And it was, so yeah. So maybe it was in like three (laughs) spots, but I, it felt very like, I don't know. It felt very intentional and very thoughtful and like very impactful because clearly I remember it. So yeah, that and that's and that's what you want to think about when you're going for your own branding. I would mm-hmm. say think about the spaces where one. I say where will people see it? So think of sensory. Where will they see it and where will they touch it? And is there a way for them to taste it? I also say and just overall design. And you might not be putting logos on all these things, but when they're what are they hearing and what are they smelling? So making sure that you're touching when you're thinking of design holistically and even just thinking of your event holistically, think about touching every single scent or every single sense as much as you can. Mm. So when you're going through how many places should the logo be, well, think about how many places are they interacting with the event. So I like the bar sign. I don't think that's, I don't think that you haven't mentioned anything that's overdoing it right now until you got to the stirs. Because if you're already doing something with a cocktail napkin, if the drink itself has the stir, the maybe there's a coaster, maybe there's a napkin, you don't need three three branded things to one, revolve around the drink. One, one drink related. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a good rule. That's yeah, a good rule. So like if you have a menu and then there's a place card, just do the logo on the menu. The place card would be overdoing it. So it's like if you're at a table setting, just focus on maybe the logo's there one time. You don't need to put, do it on the table number either. So okay. pick your categories and also make a list of all the elements that you actually need to be printed and that it will be designed. And then go through and see where, as a graphic designer, you can easily do a gut check, I think, on this. If you start, there shouldn't be more, that, you shouldn't mark every single element that you're designing as this one has a logo on it. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Surprise and delight. <laughs> yeah. Surpri- love it. Surprise and delight. Really quick. You mentioned menus. I have a quick question about menus. Yeah. So we're having a buffet dinner. Um, okay. And I'm wondering where is it, where is it best to put mm. the food menu and should I have a food menu on the table? My initial thought was even if it's a buffet, I like to know what I'm about to eat. I um, so I would like a menu on the table. Um, but I don't feel that I need to put give each person a menu. Should I put one that's like double sided? What were what would your opinion on that be? Um, sometimes I've done double sided table number menu mm, um, okay. as a concept. Also, sometimes well, I guess people are going to sit down before they have access to go to the buffet. Yes. But a lot of times I even put the another menu at the buffet. And that one might be a larger scale sign and not so obtrusive or big, but wherever stations are, and some people have multiple stations that, that are different things at each station. If you're doing that, figure out the, the layout. But I would say identify the menu item, identify the dietary restriction, and you can use that using symbols if you, if you want to get saucy. Um, okay. <laughs> but I, it's just as someone who's vegan and gluten-free, I find it, I'm just like, I see all these beautiful things and you've told me what they are, but you haven't told me how it might impact my digestive system. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. so just if you already know people have digestive needs, 
I think marking somehow giving them a symbol to mark um, would be really, really helpful. Yeah. One of my bridesmaids is vegan. Um, so that's definitely been like top of mind when it comes to the menu. Um, so I'll just be sure to include the dietary restrictions on the menu on the table and then yep. at, on the buffet as well. Agreed. I like cool. that. Awesome. I love a little buffet station. That's cute. Um, <laughs> what else you got going on? How's your timeline going for the reception? Um, timeline's going okay. I think I have an idea of what I want to do. Um, but Dan and I are, we, we love to dance. We love the party. That is why we are having a wedding. To, okay. like, we, yes, we want to be married. That part was a given. But the reason <laughs> we're having an event is because we want to have a big party. So okay. I'm wondering, and we've done a couple things to try to move the day along, but I'm wondering where should certain elements of the reception go to get the most amount of partying we can? Because our ceremony is at five. Uh, we have to be done by 11, like wrapping up, leaving at 11. Mm. And we're not doing speeches at the reception. We're doing them at the rehearsal dinner. So we okay. were hoping that would save us a little bit that's, of time. That's definitely going to save you. So Definitely. I think is your invite. And what I always say is if you want your ceremony to start specifically at a certain time, cushion your invitation time by 30 minutes and you okay. might already have invites out. But if not, say if you want, if you want to physically walk down the aisle at five o'clock, cause you have to be done by five 30 invite guests at four 30, because it's going to take them at least 15 minutes to be running late, to get in their seat, to get themselves organized. So just cushion your ceremony time so you can start on time. Awesome. Once five 30 starts, I would say hold your cocktail hour. And I think I may have said this on a, a different podcast or a different episode, but 45 minutes is generally enough for your cocktail hour. Um, so after 45 minutes, take that 15 minutes of time out of that hour to transition guests to find their seat, especially if there's place cards or escort cards and people are like, where do I sit? So, and then mm -hmm. I think if you're working with a day of coordinator, um, really ask them if they can put a point person at the door to assist guests who may not have looked for their escort card to call out, to find that person and walk them to their seat. Um, I think there's a huge value add in front loading staff to help people get seated quickly. And I know you're doing a buffet. I think there's a world in which you're getting everyone seated, blessing the meal and then getting everyone up to eat as quickly as yes. you can. Yeah. So I actually talked to our coordinator about that. We're going to plate the salads Okay. Um, to try to speed things up so people can like eat the salad. We're going to do, Dan is actually going to be the one that's going to give some words before the meal. Um, and then they'll be able to move through the buffet, hopefully a little quicker since there's no yep. salad. That's our hope. Okay. Um, I but agree. taking the 15 minutes off the cocktail hour, that's a great idea. I'm definitely taking Word. that one to the coordinator. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Absolutely. Don't let her cuss me out. But also I think I even <laughs> mentioned, <laughs> I even mentioned to your, on the, on the, another episode, just talk to the caterer about it because all of these micro adjustments impact staffing because, we may make up something in our minds, but the staff is going to be the one that operates this and needs to be staffed to get those salads out in time. Also, make sure you're working with your photographer. If they have to do room shots or some type of decor room shots where the room is empty and you're like, they, it, the room has to be perfect, make sure that if you're only doing a 45-minute cocktail hour that your photographer isn't also with you taking pictures and they have enough time to get to the other place. If they're if you only have one shooter, if you have two shooters, one shooter should be with you and the other shooter should be focused on capturing cocktail hour. And then they should be going to the reception room to capture that before guests walk in and mess it all up. Incredible. OK. And the the last thing to check. So I'm, I'm giving you some homework. Make sure the band or whoever your music person is, is ready for the transition. The one thing I say about that 15 minutes is. I never like a dead, quiet room, but at the same time, you'll want to gradually close the bar in cocktail hour because that's how people actually move. When you stop serving them drinks and when the music kind of fades out, they're like, what, what is this place? This is, this is hell. Why am I here? <laughs> so then you will, they automatically then are gravitated towards the place that maybe you're opening curtains, the doors are opening, there's music in another place. And that's, that's why the, Touching on the senses is so important because people don't really move when you say, hi, can you please go to this room? You have to either remove a drink from them, remove food from them, and make them hear music in an off 
like, oh, that sounds cool. What's over there? <laughs> so we are cattle. Treat us as such. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm fiercely taking notes right now. I, I'm here for this. I love this. <laughs> and I love that you're doing the toast the day before. Like this is, you're going to be yes. such smooth sailing. Yes. And we, our thought process with that was our rehearsal dinner is pretty large because we have a pretty big wedding party. All their plus ones are coming and then we have immediate family and then a couple extended family members. Mm -hmm. Um, And we feel like those are like the important people, the people that care the most about those words, right? Those Mm -hmm. speeches. So uh, we figured that would be the best place to do that. And that would save us some time. So I'm, I'm definitely excited about that decision. And it's a great kickoff of love. Like you're mm-hmm. in a room surround. It's really going to set the tone for a beautiful wedding day. Once everyone's gotten those words out and even experienced them, it's just, it's adding that special touch of like, mm, yeah. it's something to, to sink your teeth into. But speaking of family, you have a stepmom that you really want to highlight and make feel important. Talk to me about that dynamic. I do. Yeah. So I do have a stepmom. Um, her her name's Lorraine. Love her. Hey, Lorraine. Uh, hey, Lorraine. Hey, Lorraine. <laughs> but I, I've been thinking like throughout this planning process, there's not many guidelines for non-traditional families, right? And for folks whose families like don't look like the traditional. So which are everyone's family, which, which is, is like all families. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so there's so much of this like mom and daughter, like mother of the bride and all mm. these things. And I want to make sure that she feels included, but I also want to make sure that my mom has her moment. So um, it's been, I've been trying to be intentional about how I'm going to involve both of them in the day. But like walking down the aisle, for example, is one thing. Like my mom will walk down the aisle, but my dad's walking me down the aisle. So like, Mm -hmm. does my stepmom walk down the aisle by herself? Like, do I have Mm. someone escort her? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So. Okay. This is interesting because there's a few ways you can go about it. And I would say, one, do a gut check of what feels right to you. Mm. And if I always say, put your put yourself in the person's shoes. How would you feel? What would you, what would you be expecting? Right. Mm -hmm. And then identify what are you comfortable with? Understanding your mom is probably going to have some things to say, like what you mean she get to walk down aisle. She, she didn't birth you. So she'll have, she'll have her, she'll have her own. So so Mm -hmm. you're going to have to be protecting a lot of, a lot of people's peace. Yes. And I think it's understanding one gut check. What are you comfortable with extending? And then I would say, I would encourage you to have potentially a conversation with your mother first to say, hey, mom, this is what's on my heart. And, I, and say, look, I love you. And you know that. And there's, we're not taking anything away from you. But I also want to honor this other woman that's in my life. Yes. This is what I'm thinking. How do you feel about it? So that way she's prepared and can, and can check herself and then just yes. be like, do it. And then I think it's even having the conversation with Lorraine saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And I think just having the conversation saying, I want to be include, I want to include you more, but also telling her what's, what you're up against. Like, you know how my mom is, mm-hmm. you know how she is. But I think it's having that conversation holistically with each person to let them know what your intentions are. Walking down the aisle, absolutely. She could have an escort. I think if there's a world in which both of the moms actually get along, they could both walk down the aisle together. Yeah. Um, but I like the escort. Most of the times, though, I am seeing the stepmom is seated prior to the ceremony. Um, And that way, when dad comes down, he takes the seat between the stepmom and the mom. Yeah. Um, So there's it's I hate I know I hate saying this, but it really is up to you. And there's no format to this. You might be pioneering and creating something. I think it's checking the comfort level of each party, but honoring your mother if that's how you really want to go. Talk to Lorraine and say, this is what I'm thinking. How do you feel? Definitely including her in hair and makeup for sure. Yeah, that's um, already check. Yeah. And if you want, maybe if your mom is like, she cannot walk down the aisle, maybe let her do a reading or something or, or help with the, I don't know, some of the other micro ceremony details. Mm-hmm. Make sure she's in the photos um, for sure. Like check. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. check, do check. the do, check, check. Let her give a toast if she wants to at the rehearsal dinner. Um, give her a special boot, not a boutonniere, but a corsage as well. Um, I think, or you know, putting her in the place of she is just as special. She gets to come early, she gets to be involved in all the hoopla. She may not get to process because mom's gonna cut my throat. But other than that, she's a she's a party member. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Speaking of party members. 
Talk to me about flowers because you've got a raw space, a loft space. Talk to me about your space. Yes. So our space, it's it's all in one, it's all in, all inclusive, um, <laughs> all inclusive loft space. Uh, we got a lot of pipe and drape going on. Not pipe and drape. I'm sorry, just drapes. They are like tracked drapes, right in the room. So okay, we have a cocktail space, a ceremony space, and a reception space. When the ceremony begins, the reception space will be closed off. They'll just buy the drape. Yes, buy the drape. Okay. Um, and yeah, so the reception, the ceremony will be open. The chairs will be there. When the ceremony ends, everyone processes out. The drapes get closed, and then the team, you know, their team <laughs> turns over all the chairs. And then in in the front kind of area, when you first walk in, kind of the entryway, there's a large cocktail hour space. And okay. so once that's all over, all the drapes get open. The whole venue, the whole space is open at the end of cocktail hour. Okay. Um. So for flowers, I got a lot of questions, which I'm very excited to talk with the vendor for today. Very excited. So tell me more about what you're looking for 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 flowers here. Yes. For flowers, so because we are going to be turning over the ceremony into the reception space, everything's all in one room, I'm hoping that we can repurpose some florals from the ceremony to the reception space. Um, we have a very tight budget for florals. I'm not going to be doing bouquets for all of my bridesmaids. There are 10 of them. I love them so much, but 10 bouquets is like, uh huh. yeah, that's, that mm-hmm. would be it. We'd have no other flowers if, if we did that. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping that we can either do some like aisle florals, maybe some like a meadow install kind of taking you down the aisle. Okay. Um, I really am loving the kind of like look of grounded florals as an mm. arbor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I hope that we can reuse that for like, for example, um, our sweetheart table. Like, can we put the arbor flowers like on either side of us? Or if we do a meadow install, like some flowers on the floor, can those then be moved to um, our, our king's table? Or can those be moved to like a guest table? Because um, as of right now, we're not doing flowers on the tables either because we're going to have mm. like 20, 20 tables. So it's going to be like greens and candles. Love. So I'm like, okay, if we do ceremony florals, can I sprinkle those around the reception to give the essence that there are flowers all over the room? But really, there's like half the tables have flowers. We got environment here. Yeah. This is, so this is atmosphere. To, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> trying to be economical here, trying to repurpose. Okay. So I would love to hear any thoughts. All right, cool. Well, we have an expert just for you. And let's let's bring them on over. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly, Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service for just $98 a month. You can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh Uh-oh, I spilled something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BRIDES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code BRIDES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code BRIDES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Nadri knows it's important to find the perfect finishing touch for your wedding day. Even if you've already spent most of your budget on the dress, the venue, etc. I mean, you deserve a little sparkle. So that's why Nadri creates the most stunning, highest quality fashion jewelry with show-stopping sparkles, often mistaken for real diamonds. Let's get real. You need to accessorize for the engagement party, bridal shower, rehearsal dinner, the wedding, and the honeymoon. Thankfully, Nadri has you covered with the perfect jewels for every occasion. Plus, if you need to find the perfect bridal party or mother of the bride gifts, 
Nadri's got you covered. Nadri jewelry is meticulously made like fine jewelry using the highest grade materials to ensure durability, shine, and that show-stopping sparkle that the brand is so well known for. When it comes to jewelry for your big day, you were in the best hands with Nadri. And best of all, you get 20% off your first order with code BetchesBride. Valid now through June 30, 2024. Discount must be entered at checkout and cannot be combined with any other offer, promotion, or discount. Try Nadri for yourself by visiting nadri.com slash discount slash Betches Bride. Learn more, find the perfect jewelry, and take the quiz to find out your bridal style on Nadri's wedding shop page. All new customers will get 20% off their first order on nadri.com slash discount slash Betches Bride. That's N-A-D-R-I dot com slash discount slash Betches Bride. And now it's time to ask our expert. Each episode, we'll be inviting wedding experts and insiders onto the podcast to dig deeper into our bride's biggest problem areas. Today, my guest, Anna Hughes. Anna is the owner of Dear Bayard, a boutique floral studio based in Brooklyn that specializes in impeccable design, beautiful flowers, and human connection. Anna, welcome. Hi. <laughs> How are Hi. you? Good. Thanks for having me. We're very excited. Taylor has some questions for you. There's a lot that we're trying to do for her wedding in November. Taylor, talk to us about these meadows you love and what you're thinking. These, these meadows, yes. <laughs> so I have, I've been to a couple weddings where I've seen them and then I've, I've been seeing them on Instagram a couple times. Um, and so I just love the vision of down the aisle, down the ceremony aisle, either flowing flowers or, you know, four sets or five sets of these meadow installs kind of leading you up to the arbor and then the arbor not being a traditional one where it's like an arch but grounded florals that are kind of mm. growing up um i'm a very visual person so i'm like i don't know if this is translating but yes walking down the aisle so it draws your eyes like to the florals at the front of the ceremony because yes our venue is a raw space right so it's kind of wood floor white walls brown chairs so i'm really looking for the florals to bring the ceremony together but with that, you know, it's all the same space. So I'm hoping to be able to transition some of those florals into and around the reception, whether that be like signage, I don't know, signage, sweetheart table, tables, unsure. So that is that is where I'm looking for, for some help, for some support. Definitely. Um, so you're definitely on the right track in terms of where you want to invest your money for the ceremony. And being able to repurpose everything, you certainly get more bang for your buck. And what I would actually recommend to expand that investment to make sure that it can go much further than what you're currently anticipating is to do the ground meadows for everything. Um, so what you would see in the aisle would similarly line the altar as well. When you do it at the altar, it's not as tall as a freestanding structure depending on the florist and what their circumstances are, they can make it grow vertically if it's alongside a wall. But in the case that you are not flush with a wall, you can have your altar arrangements match your aisle arrangements and then distribute mm. that into different areas of your wedding. So I would definitely invest in um, repurposing all those for a bar top arrangement. Mm. Ooh. And because you will have so many, mm. it could be on the left and right side of the bar. Having two big bar arrangements really brings in that garden-inspired impact that you're looking for. And then the best place to repurpose those is to actually flank the sweetheart table so that you and your partner are sitting amongst that garden as well. Mm. I love Okay. I love that. And I guess, Anna, my question is, when you're, when you're moving these things, what are some things to keep in mind when it comes to kind of like staff and um, kind of your floral partner staying on? And really, and, and, and Taylor, I know you're working with a, your day of coordinator, kind of working with a point person to be like, logistically, how are we moving this in one space? I do think that it's in your best interest to discuss with your florist having a few staff members stay behind throughout the duration of the ceremony so that the professionals can repurpose these items because as you can imagine when you pick something up and then you transport it, it doesn't always transport well. Um, so if you are leaning in on 
other members of your wedding, for example, your coordinator or your catering staff to transport these items, there is a probability or likeliness that as they're moving things around, it can get shuffled. And I think Mm -hmm. that if you want to make sure that you're maintaining the same vision, um, it is best that you ask the florist to stay behind to be able to transport it and then fix it as they place it. Now, that does come at an additional cost in which I think asking your florist, what does a table flip to repurpose these items run you? And then see how many additional staff members they'll be needing. Awesome. Okay. And Taylor, talk to me about the greenery that you're doing on your tables right now. Like, is it greenery and like vessels? Are you laying greenery down on the table? What's your vision for how are you... And what greenery? Do you even know what the greenery is called? No. Nope. Okay, cool. Great chat. So <laughs> I don't know at all. I know nothing. Um, I know that I have <laughs> candles. I have vases. I have tea lights. I have tea light holders. I have okay. table sign. I have like everything else that needs to go on the table. But I feel like, I guess let me backtrack. I'm envisioning a little bit of greenery, mm-hmm. but that is not yet part of the plan at all. So it's if we have these meadows and they could be reused on a circle table, do half the circle tables have flowers and the other half just have candles or like, should there be a little bit of green on everyone? Um, Cause yeah, I have not made a decision about that yet. So I would say if you wanted to repurpose the meadows, they would do really well on elevated areas or flanking the DJ. I wouldn't necessarily recommend putting them on a tabletop because it would be so large. The meadows are large for a specific reason because you are walking down the aisle and the ceremony is very significant. We wouldn't want those flowers to look too small. If you place them on your round tabletops, the guests likely cannot talk amongst each other. They'll take up Um, the whole table. Like, hey, you over there. Good to know. Good to know. (laughs) Through the wilderness, can I see you? (laughs) You can place them in areas of high foot traffic. Guests will be eating, you know, for a short period of time and then dancing. But think about where our guests, um, you know, really commemorating the moment. It's literally on the dance floor and at the bar. Mm-hmm. And and Taylor, even when you were talking about like, where do I put my logo at? You can really put your meadows at places where your logo might be, whether it's on a sign, even at the this, this like, um, you can make a dance floor out of it. Like if you wanted to make the if there's not a true dance floor that you're renting, the meadows are a great way to enclose a box. So that way mm-hmm. you're, you're creating this dance space. I've yeah. also done meadows. Like once you open the the curtain, once you pull it back, if it makes like a, like a swoop and there's an entrance, there's a curtain to the left and right, putting the meadows there to create another entrance for the guests is really lovely. So yeah. there's, I think I agree on it. It's like, I, I would never put a meadow on a table just because it, Sometimes it's also built where it's facing one side. It's really beautiful, but the other side is not as Not as pretty. cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks a little naked. So <laughs> it's like. Okay, good to know. Um, and it might be a potential fire hazard if you're getting taller candles because um, mm-hmm. everything is a little bit more wild. Anna, what would you suggest just from an economical standpoint? Like if we're going to go hard on killer meadows and really – kind of anchor them around the room where we all feel enclosed, what would you then suggest on tabletops if we want to kind of, maybe one table is candles, one table not? What do, what do you think? I think it's really dependent on the bride's interpretation of abundance. I've definitely mm. had some clients who really love flowers and wanted to see a ton of them. And then I had some clients who were a little bit more minimalistic and felt like they didn't want too much. If you are a bride who is okay with being flexible in terms of what you can receive that would work within your budget. My best recommendation is to do alternating table concepts. So for example, investing in different types of candlelight ambiance for table one, whether that be clusters of pillar candles and tea light votives and very textured elements that brings height dynamic um, and like warm candlelight ambiance. And then maybe table two could be clusters of bud vases. Those 
tendent, have a tendency to look best on rectangular tables, but still emulate a wild pick from the garden, meadow-esque look on a round table, which I think is definitely what you're going for, Taylor. Um, and th that would ultimately be more cost-effective than investing in a true centerpiece. But if you are a bride who loves abundance, alternating between any of those three concepts would definitely get more bang for your budget. Yeah. Awesome. I definitely have a couple like pictures on my vision board with bud vases. That was like an initial idea. So I love the idea of alternating because I already have a majority of the candles that I would need. So I could kind of alternate some tables with candles and bud vases. Love that. I would say work with your floral designer to create a potential mock-up so that you can make sure the abundance actually translates to what you're looking for. And that way, if you're like, you know what, I don't want to spend any more money on flowers, maybe I need to add more candles to make this a little bit more bountiful, then you can make the call to say, all right, tables three, five, and seven or whatever have a few more candles because the bud vases are a little bit more refined. So yes. I think really okay. work with that to see what you're, what you're talking, what you're working with. And I, this might be an unpopular opinion, but if you're thinking of doing cocktail hour decor, feel free to forego it and focus, I think, having your dollars and cents, and Anna might kill me, but focus your dollars and cents on <laughs> get your reception looking right and get your ceremony looking spectacular because we don't really take that many pictures during cocktail hour. Yeah. 100% <laughs> totally <laughs> done with this statement. Phew, she agrees. I, she agrees. Right. <laughs> Literally <laughs> tell everyone – don't invest in cocktail hour. And if you do, just drag it to the reception space. It's short-lived. Yeah. It is. Put food yeah. on the table instead. Yeah. Or write some cool poems and frame those and sit them on the table. Like, done. <laughs> Love that. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. All right, what other questions you got, Taylor, for Anna here? Ooh, yes. So we've talked a little bit about corsages for the moms, boutonnieres for the dads, grandfathers, whatever. What would you recommend that we do there? Like who gets those? Because I have not even ventured into that. I think it really depends on how involved your family is. I typically find that the more involved the family is, the more the requests come. And usually those parents prefer to have something to be a little bit more decorated. So it could be fathers, mothers. Fathers will definitely get the boutonnieres. Mothers will typically get a corsage. I've definitely had requests for um, bridal-inspired posies for the mothers to walk down the aisles with. Um, I would definitely recommend a corsage, though, because the posies are very short-lived. <laughs> and <laughs> grandmothers will also receive something as well, and so will grandfathers. But again, this is just in regards to how close you are with those family members and how integrated they are in your planning process and whether or not they feel they need to receive something. Sometimes they get saucy, and I'm like, yeah, Grandma, yeah. I don't have anything for you. And they're like, well, why not? I was like, well, we didn't budget for that, baby. I love you just <laughs> so much. <laughs> but the fact that you're sitting in the front row, we all know that you're very, very, very important. I yes. love you. Okay. Can you please walk down the aisle now, please? Thanks. So, Thanks, but I would, yeah, I would ask. And also um, jumping off what Anna's, Anna's saying is um, make sure that you're asking about attire as well, because sometimes they might want to be pinned with something. Um, if they are wearing like some diamonds on their wrist, like I don't want to wear this. So just gut check what they might want to be wearing. Also another unpopular opinion, opinion. I don't like a boutonniere for a groom. I don't, I was like, why does really? we all why? know who do you, you are? Do you think, do you think cause it ruins like the vibe of the tux? Like, do you think it ruins the look? What do you think? I think it ruins the look. I think mm. he, cause sometimes they look so spectacular and then here I come attacking them with like, here I come with this little thing. And it just, I think he's so much like, he doesn't need it. Mm. What do you guys think? 
Uh, to be completely honest, <laughs> the only – listen, if you were to go look at my floral, like, proposal request, the only thing I asked for was a bouquet and a boutonniere for oh, my fiancé. Okay. All right. Right there. <laughs> so Safe that space. was the only thing I asked for. But truthfully, it was more out of, like, this is the most basic thing I can ask for. So, I mean, I don't think I've given that much thought to it. But I think I do want him to wear a boutonniere. I do. Just a little one. A little white rose or something. You might be surprised. What? I got married yesterday. What? Uh, oh, my God. What? Bearing the lead. Bearing the wow. lead. <laughs> I got married yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, my I, God. I ordered a boutonniere thinking that that is, like, the most standard thing. Um, and when clients are like, I don't really see a boutonniere for my partner, I'm kind of like, why, though? Yeah. But – Game time decision when we walked into City Hall, I was like, this isn't really working for the vibe and the aesthetic. Like, I'm just going to do without it. It's nice to have. Wow, says the florist. Okay, there you go. There you have it. Yeah. Yeah. So do what you want. That's the do answer. What you want. Do yeah. it. I, it Literally, I think we can title this podcast, do whatever the hell what you, you want. <laughs> there is no rule book. Weddings were invented how many ages ago? Do what you want to do Aunt, literally have it your way yes congratulations have it, way. Have it your wow. way wow and no no boutonnieres for the grooms please we love them <laughs> wow <laughs> let okay. them shine on their own I, I don't even know how to continue after this is impeccable <laughs> taylor what else you what do you want to ask our 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 wife here like what's oh going my on gosh. <laughs> okay how <laughs> we're all to, so we, we were talking about big moments big moments yeah. right like okay yes 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 putting them in high traffic areas so i have this vision for a sign. My fiance's brother is an engineer. He oh. loves working with t- materials. He's going to build us a sign. I'm like hiring him. Large Next wood, <laughs> like a large wood kind of arch sign. And he's he's making us a neon sign. Shout out to Brian. If you're wow. probably not listening, but shout out. Um, he's making us a neon sign. So we have this like big arch sign, the neon sign. And I have a vision of like flowers kind of like growing up the side of it. Um, but that would be its only purpose, right? It would only be on the sign for photo ops. We have a photo booth that I plan on putting in front of it. Like she was like, where do you want the photo booth? I'm like, put it in front of the sign that I'm paying for all these flowers for and have this neon sign in front of, but I don't know if that's the best use of the flowers or if we should put more into like Hmm. these meadow installs. I don't know. I would definitely put more into the meadow installs. The reason why I say that is because while the concept of having the floating flowers amongst the neon sign is a really beautiful backdrop, I think the most important beautiful backdrop that you should be investing in is those meadows so that your sweetheart table can be completely full. Okay. Yeah. And then also I could just put one of the meadow installs in front of the sign Mm -hmm. after cocktail hour if I wanted to Mm -hmm. or with the sign. You might not see it just based on the height. And I would say going back to Anna's concept of that where your ceremony is and kind of the where your wall, where your florals might grow up the wall, that you wouldn't be able to move. And if I was doing a photo moment, I would probably put something in front of that as a place to repurpose it. Now, not seeing your venue and not knowing the distance of all these places and spaces, it's like, is that something you see as you walk out? Um, so I think it's understanding what floral elements might not be able to be moved. Like if you're doing the growing up the thing and that's a really hard thing to move. So that might be another place that you just put something okay. in front of it. The Our venue, the wall that we're going to stand against to get married is just a white wall. There is okay. a like window kind of to like to the left of it, but we are standing against a white wall. Okay. So I love the idea of the meadow and we're kind of standing in front of it, right? So it's like yep. around us. Mm-hmm. But behind us is just a white wall. Is that fine? Like, should we have something else there? I know our venue has like these, um, not silk, but like organza. What is that material called? You know, like um, chiffon. Less sheer is, chiffon. Less is more. Sure, 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 sure. Whatever it's called. <laughs> that like they can hang behind in like a loop almost. But like, does that take away from the flowers? Like, is it enough just to have the grounded florals? Are you confident in what you're wearing on the day of? Oh, yes. Yes. She said, yes, I'm about to shut it down. I actually bought my veil today. My veil veil is a moment. My veil is a moment. Um, So I am feeling confident in what I'm wearing. Yes. 
then I don't think that you need anything else, to be honest. Period. You are the artwork, darling. You Literally. are the floral moment. Yeah. I needed to hear that. Thank you. Wait, are your ten are your ten humans on either side standing no, up there too? No, Woo! No, no, no. Yeah. No. Nope. That'll especially with a white backdrop, like that is a photo. Yeah. So it'll be us standing there, the officiant, and then we will have maid of honor best man kind of off to the uh, side. Love. Um, and then our wedding party and family will be seated in the front, like two rows. Okay. And that's I think I agree with making make that meadow moment bountiful so it's it's big bodied. Okay. And so when everyone's standing up there, it actually makes an impression. And then as soon as you guys go to cocktail hour, that thing is whew, moved. Awesome. And when she says bountiful, my recommendation for that in terms of like size, bountiful from for me as from a florist perspective would probably be five to six feet wide. And would you then say how depth, like would it like what's would be the height of our meadows? Would it be like three to four feet, like the size of a little toddler? I think it's dependent on the flowers that you end up choosing. Some flowers can be incredibly short. Some can grow really long. That is definitely a conversation to be had with your florist. But okay. ideally, at least two feet tall, greenery can go much further than that because foliage okay. branches are taller. And so your florist can capture the height with that foliage. Okay. Okay. Do you, so you, each meadow five to six feet wide? One oh, no. total one. meadow. Oh. One total meadow would be I was like, five geez, to six how many feet. Is to okay, <laughs> got it. Got it. So, um, you, so the, for the ceremony, you're like behind us. Got yeah. It. So meadows are usually made in an individual format and pushed together, which is why you can repurpose them. And so, okay. if you were doing a meadow in the aisle, it would be one to the left and one to the right. But at your altar, it would be ideally five to six pushed together, and ideally five to six foot in length. Okay, that is very helpful. Thank you. So, with the bud vases. Like, is that something florists are used to being asked for? Like, I I don't know. Okay, you're nodding your head, yes. Because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just asking you to, like, put one flower in each of these vases. Like, how does that conversation go typically? Do I provide the vases uh, or – yeah. So there are a couple scenarios with bringing on a wedding florist. You can either provide certain aspects yourself in an effort to cost save, but if you're signing on for something – we professional florists call a full service design where it's more of a done for you scenario. Um, I would just simply ask your florist uh, what you're considering and say something to the effect of, I would really love to use bud bases as centerpieces for my round tables. And how many would you recommend that would be within my budget? Also, I think it's going and because you, you're a more informed bride where you would say bud vases and you'll be able to kind of talk their language, which is great. But just for some of the guests listening, it's also go to a go to your floral designer and say, this is the number I'm working with and this is the look that I'm trying to achieve. Because they might, even within your budget, maybe they might be able to elevate you a bit from your a bud vase situation and actually say, you could actually get a few miniature arrangements or so work with them to say, this is the number I do not want to exceed. This is what I want to achieve with my meadows. This is the the look I'm going for. And I want to move these meadows. Can you do that with the staffing and all these other things within my number? What do you think? And then that's where they might come back and say, actually, we can, but you'll have to order your vessels. Or yes, we can. And we can provide the vessels, yada, yada, yada. So have a more fluid conversation to see what what you might be able to take on if it is a budget conversation. Or you might be surprised that they can be like, we can actually do all of this. And just to think about if you do order candles and all of these things, just identify who and or what is taking them home at the end of the night and how they're getting back to said place when everyone is generally drunk. So that's definitely a job for your day of coordinator to assist you with. <laughs> yeah, that that leads me to my next my question, which for both of you, you know, being vendors, like what would you say is most helpful to like all of my other vendors and to just the day of to prepare my day of coordinator with like what like, can I prepare? Do I give her like 
do I make one of those TikTok binders where it's like a 20 page binder? Is she going to look at it? Does that matter? She should be making her own, (laughs) but sure. (laughs) Should I, should I have like a meeting? Like what, like what can I do to prepare her? Because I, as, as you've noticed, I'm very detail oriented. I'm like thinking about everything all the time. And I just want to be able to fully relax and enjoy the day and not be like, well, but did somebody move the meadow from the aisle to the, bar top like you know what I mean so yeah your coordinator is going to reach out to you and she's going to be the one to inquire about all these things she'll be she's going to be the one to email your DJ your florist and get all their necessary information from you it's just your job to kind of sit back and let her handle all of that information and if and when that person cannot get what they need they will come back to you right Mm -hmm. Fallon I agree. I think if you're having you, I I will say this, identify how early they're coming in on to plan, because if they're a month of coordinator, if they're not full service, like I'm in the nitty gritty, I know every single detail that's on your mind. I'm able to talk to your floral designer and say, hey, girl, I'm making a mood board to say the florals go here. We're moving the meadows here, but we're also generally having a lot of calls and site visits. Mm. So I always suggest if you're feeling any angst, have a site visit with all of your vendors and your day of coordinator. So that way, you know, you've walked through the whole vision with everybody in the same room. So if anyone has any questions, you already did your job. You already did it. You told them where you wanted those flowers to go. And then also a a site visit with all vendors is a great way for someone to say, either this is not possible, or this is going to cost you extra, or this is, (laughs) this will not work. Or then for everyone to get a gut check and even work with the venue to say, well, how do we load this in? How do we load this out? So I think site visits are a really great way. And also I'm a talk person. I'm, I don't like a lot of emailing. I send Loom videos. So if you're ever feeling like people aren't understanding you, use your best way of communication and resources to tell your wedding planner, this is keeping me up at night. Is there a way that I can give you this information that's on my mind so that you know it and you're able to communicate it to my my vendor team? Awesome. Love you. Mwah. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, my coordinator is, she's phenomenal and I've been very communicative with her up until this point. And so I think she is going to know everything. I think it's more me needing to let go of like, I'm not going to be able to like let her in my brain. Like I have to just, Mm. it it is what it is, but all right. Then I would say on the day, also when I have a type A bride, I like to get a, who's, who's your point person on the day of the event? Because I'm not going to give bad news to you because you're going to try and fix it. So I need mm. to know who who's your runner up on the day of the wedding. Give me their number because if something's happening and going left and maybe Anna got stuck in traffic and I'm like, girl, we need to push this ceremony by 15 minutes because she ain't here yet. And the meadows ain't here yet either. <laughs> so I need to <laughs> – I can't tell you that. I have to tell your point person sometimes some things. And if I need to get a response about who's another decision maker other than you on the day. As a, as a day of coordinator, I would need to know that. Okay. Pro tip. That will be my main honor. <laughs> okay. Also, For you'll sure. be incredibly surprised by how much you are willing to let go as you get closer to the mm-hmm. date and Amen. or on the actual day. Amen. I'm 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 taking that energy and I'm running with that. Like, <laughs> I, that's my plan, right? But we just need to actualize that. Yeah. It's November your wedding's November. I think like September one, you're like, you know what? Who I'm gives done. a crap about? Yeah, literally. <laughs> You'll be over it. Yeah. Organza, who? So yeah. <laughs> this was great. I we're gonna have to we're wrapping this up now. Okay, because we're we're we we had a good little chat. Anna, congratulations on your wedding. Thank you. Thank you. So beautiful. Taylor, yes. congratulations in advance on your wedding. Thank you. This is all beautiful. You guys, that's it for this week's episode of Betches Brides. Taylor, where can people find you and follow along and see your beautiful day? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok. I am at Tay Sands. That's Tay Sands with two S's at the end. Um, yeah. Cool. Anna, where can folks find you? They can find me on Instagram and my handle is Dear Bayard, D-E-A-R-B-A-Y-A-R-D. Awesome. All right, you guys can follow the show at Betches Brides on Instagram. You can follow me at Fallon Carter Events. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening, and till death do us part. 
Betches.